Welcome to The Shiv Show, where we are all about people getting to know people. We are here to humanize the individual behind their brand and share their story with the world, with, of course, a few laughs in the mix. Now, it's time for your host, Australia's most Canadian podcaster, and just like the knife, Shivran. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining another episode of The Shiv Show, where we're all about people getting to know people. In this episode, we get to meet Crystal Benson, who is by far one of the most impressive people that I've ever met. 29 years old, 17 businesses, and a lot more to come in the near future. We chat about Crystal's story and how she went from selling guinea pigs at 7 years old to becoming a multi-millionaire at 29 years old. Amazing episode, guys. I hope you enjoy. Just a little bit of housekeeping. I do apologize for some background noises that you may hear during the podcast interview. This is all new to me, guys. Rookie mistake, and I've definitely learned from it. Anyway, hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hey everyone, thank you for joining. Welcome to another episode of The Shiv Show. It is my privilege and honor to actually interview somebody who I've met only a few weeks ago, but uh, is extremely impressive. Crystal Benson, welcome to The Shiv Show. Thanks for having me, Shiv. Thanks for uh, giving me some of your time. And uh, thanks for sitting down with me and, and getting on this podcast. My pleasure. Good. So, I want you to tell everybody who the hell Crystal Benson is, because you are a jet setter. <laughs> you are literally flying around everywhere. Every single time I see you online... You're somewhere different. So for everybody who doesn't know you, who is Crystal Benson? Um, who am I? I am just a serial entrepreneur who... They're going to say serial killer. Yeah. Podcast <laughs> not a serial over, killer. Not it a would be interesting. <laughs> um, I, just, I just love helping people. Like, I, I don't know. It's just if... Like, you probably see me with a whole bunch of other people. But if someone has, like, a, a goal or a dream just says, I want to go do this thing, like, I just love that. I just love... Being able to just give my time, my 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 resources, whatever it may be, just to help that person like get another step closer to their goal or mm-hmm. help them achieve their goal. Like, um, I suppose that's just about that's who I am. That's and I've got all my own stuff going on, obviously, but uh, helping other people get to where they want to be is my passion. Good. Awesome. So I'm also confused, and I'll tell you the reason. If if I was to ask Crystal Benson, what do you do? What is your answer to that? Because I feel like you do everything. <laughs> And there's nothing that you, you let go. Like, I feel like you, you literally do everything. And I want you to get into every single thing that you do. But I guess we could start off by me asking, what does your morning look like? And mm-hmm. what's your morning ritual? Because, you know, how does, how does Crystal Benson, a.k.a. CB, as I call you, how does CB start her day off? Yoga. Okay. I uh, love to get up. I get up and I feed my cats first. Otherwise, they would um, tear my eyes out <laughs> if I get up. I feed my cats and then I do yoga. Um and after yoga, I'll finish that with a, a five-minute savasana, and then I will do a 30-minute meditation mm-hmm. just to get my mind set. Otherwise, if I didn't do that, like, I would not be able to do what I do. Um, I need to get my clear thoughts. I need to um, visualize my day. How is my day going to look? What am I going to achieve? Like, I'm going to visualize all of these things um, in my meditation or just uh, like just towards the end of my meditation so I can actually start the day with some clarity and, and some purpose. And it's just going to unfold the way that I've already – Visualized it, which is that's that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after yoga, yeah, and meditation. I mean, what 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 happens? Where where does Crystal Benson go? Uh, oh, it depends on the day. But I just I just get stuck in. So if I haven't got meetings with people, I am I'm 
straight into my one of my businesses or whatever I got a plan for that day. Um, like if I was meeting you, for example, like I would just just drive you. I just get stuck in straight away to whatever my my day's got planned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I think we we had a conversation about the the amount of businesses that you own. How many how many again were there? Uh, at the moment, seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> and and <laughs> not you including are, white labels. And tell everybody how old you are because twenty nine. Twenty nine, and she has seventeen <laughs> businesses. That is ridiculous. That is crazy. Um, and that's and I feel like that's going to be growing to twenty seven the next week because you have so many things going on. Yeah, well, I got a phone call after I leave here, which is another billion dollar business idea. Which is <laughs> billion dollar business idea. <laughs> I love wow, it when okay. those phone calls come across. You know, <laughs> the, Chris is like, I got a billion dollar business idea. Let's do it. Sweet. Look Count at that. Me in. <laughs> Look at that. So, can you tell everybody, you know, what sort of businesses um, you're in? My businesses are, so I love to create freedom for people. So I love finding ways that I can get, create cash flow for people or help people become financially free to create freedom to give them the the opportunity to do whatever they want. So I want this person that I, or my business to be able to create the um, the opportunity for them to go here's the cash flow I can now I can now go do whatever I want if it if that's running a I don't know like a um, store down the street selling handmade clothes or you know importing handmade goods from Africa one of my friends does that but she needs it's not obviously not a big cash cow for her but it's mm-hmm. a passion so um, my business creates the cash flow for her or my opportunities create cash flow for her so that she can go do what she loves. You know, if it may be picking your kids up from school every afternoon or, or having, um, you know, a three-day weekend, whatever it may be for that person or that person's like, goal or, or ideal life, like I want my businesses around creating the opportunities to make that happen for people. Okay. So how, how does that, how does one start that? How did, how did you get into this whole um, well, helping guess- people business? It comes down to like looking at my family. Like mm-hmm. um, my my pop still works on the farm. He does that because he loves doing it, obviously. But like uh, my mother will be, be person if if I wasn't around, she'd be working for the rest of her life because there's no way that she'd be able to retire. Um, yeah, you know, look at my immediate family, and I think like I I don't want that for myself for, mm-hmm. for a start, but I don't want that for anybody else either. Like I don't want it for them. I don't want it for anyone in my in my life that I come in contact with and I want to I want to influence people everyone I come in contact with be able to have that freedom so they yeah. can pass it out as well so this ripple goes out like I, I, I don't like conformity like mm-hmm. people conforming and, and thinking I have to go to do this 9 to 5 job I don't have the opportunities to go and you know become like write that book like or, or whatever it may be like something that that person's always wanted really to do but they feel like they're constricted by money and time and all these things like I want to break through that and and show people that you can have whatever you want and I provide the opportunities for people to create the freedom to be able to do whatever they want mm-hmm. if that makes sense so you give people freedom I give people freedom yes. that's really cool <laughs> thank you it's good I could see that on a t-shirt yeah, I could, yeah, I could hashtag that. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag freedom. Yeah. That is really cool. Okay. So you're also in the real estate business. Yes. Um, and, I, you know, we had a quick chat about that earlier. But what are you doing in the real estate business? And and I guess the second part to my question is what advice do you have for people just starting off in the, in the real estate business? Maybe they just got their license 
or they, you know, they're thinking about getting into real estate? Yeah, so I'm not a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I have a company which is like an investment company. So I educate people yep. how to become financially free. And I use that through, um, and what my business does is provide them with cash flow positive properties. So I find we have cash flow positive properties. People come to me to learn how to invest their money, what to, like what to do with it. I'm not a financial planner, mm-hmm. um, but how like how can I take what I've got and use what I've got to to take that that step towards financial freedom? So I provide the cash flow positive properties for them. Now I, I'm not um, a real estate agent. Like I don't go to listing appointments. I don't um, you know list properties or do open homes or anything like that. I'll, uh, most of my appointments um, happen, or most, most of the sales that come through my business happen over a cup of coffee at a cafe. Really? Yeah, and, and the average time it takes for me to do a sale is about two hours, where a real estate agent it could be like 50 to 80 days plus, you know? So um, what you're saying is you're just really good at your job. Yes. <laughs> I like to think I am. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, we also mentioned, uh, you know, you're doing business in the U.S. and you're interested in going worldwide. Yes. So how how's that happening? Yeah. What steps are you taking in order to to get out there and go worldwide? Yeah, so I, um, uh, obviously I read a lot of books. So I kind of, um, I... I, I I was reading like Rich Dad Porter. I read that mm-hmm. like quite a number of great times book. now. That the like, yeah, it's a great great. Everyone go out there and read that book. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I re- I've read that books for for years now, and um, just Robert Kiyosaki's like um, principles on how he 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 buys property. Like I've essentially just taken that and moved it to the United States. So um, I essentially help people that are going into like pre foreclosure and help them um, like. You know, get out, of the, get out of their property, and what I like to do, which is going to be the same thing I'm going to be doing in Australia. I'm just in the middle of getting licensing now. Is when people are going into foreclosure, normally the bank will take their property; they become bankrupt, right? Mm-hmm. They have nothing left. Um, I want to, you know, most of the time the bank is in a position, or the people that are taking their property in a position to leave some money in the deal for people, so they can restart their life. Like they don't have to be bankrupt; they don't have to have nothing left. You know, there is room there. There is enough money in this world for everybody. So. What I like to do is I like to take these things that are going into pre-foreclosure. I still make money, but I give a bit back so that, you know, they can go get a rental. They can, you know, have enough money for a few months while they, they find a job and get back on their feet. You know, they can still support their family. They can eat. They're not going to be on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I move, the, I flip those properties in the States as well. So, like, I either get them renovated or I pass them on to someone who is going to renovate them or I just hold them myself in my portfolio. Um, but the idea is at the, the principal idea at the beginning is helping those people that are in a really really tough situation, like they're about to lose everything they own and, and essentially be homeless over there. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking that and I'm going, no, it's not the case. Here's some money. You know, go go get a rental, wow. find a job, get back on your feet. And I'm I'm going to do that. There's a big something big's coming. It's going to be a worldwide. You probably hear everyone talking about it, but there will be a worldwide crash, right? Um, so that, when that happens, I don't know if you know, but like in Australia, there is a massive dip, like there is people are over overextended. So when the interest rates go up here, people aren't going to be able to afford to pay back because um, they're all negative. They're negatively gearing all of these properties, right? When the interest rates go up, like yep. they're just not going to have the money to, to to pay it out unless they start getting all these different like three jobs or something, um, which is which is terrible. So again, like when these people go to lose their homes, I want to be like a, a mediator there, like where, the, where, the, where I step in with the bank and say, hey, no, you know, let's leave some money in the deal for these people. Again, they can go get a rental property, they can get back on their feet, 
you know, they're not going to be, you know, stuck and really like sat there like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do with my life? They've got a bit of money there to go, hey, you know, we've got some breathing space. We can, we can get back on our feet. And I feel like that's extremely powerful because not only are you giving them back a home, you're giving them an opportunity to make money and, and support yeah. their family. Absolutely. So that's really, really cool. How did you, how did you even think of this idea or how did you get into this? Um, and I know you mentioned before you, you, you give people freedom. Yes. And I think this is exactly... In, you know down that road which is great but how did you how did you come up with that idea um i'm not exactly sure i think it had something to do with maybe um a story i heard when i was a real estate agent once upon a time right so i had i did have this guy who was um he wasn't in repossession yet but he i knew think he knew that he was about to lose his home he knew where it was going and i was just listening to his story and if if he did get his property repossessed by the bank he would he had no family he had no kids. He had nothing. Like, he didn't even have a goldfish. Like, he had nothing, right? So mm-hmm. he would literally be completely alone and alienated and have and have nothing left in his life. And that really, it just, I don't know, I just always thought about that. And it always sort of stuck with me. And I was like, imagine if, like, you know, he, he did have, like, a bit of money that came back to him. Like, how would that, like, how would that be possible? Like, he actually sold his property for a loss and had loans after he, um, like when he when he when he, once he sold his property, so he went out of it in debt, no job, like you know you know like yeah. that's a terrible situation wow. to be mm-hmm. in. And I was like, you know, I think there's a way. There's like I said, there's so much money in the world. Like there's crazy so amount much of money, money in the to world. be made. Exactly, and why can't we share that? Mm-hmm. You know, there is enough room in every deal for everybody to get rich together. Yeah. It's a I have this little saying that everyone sort of jokes about, but it's you know for me, it's going to be a very lonely trip around sydney harbour on my yacht by myself like i want everyone to have a yacht out there like with me mm-hmm. and let's all have a yacht party together yeah. on our own yachts not and just mine <laughs> it's, it's funny because we, we we talked about this over brunch and like i was saying in, in the book that i'm writing i i wrote a chapter yesterday about how important it is to share your knowledge absolutely with with other people because like like you just said the the road to success is is extremely lonely and you know why would you want it to be by yourself wouldn't you rather spend the time and the money and the fun with your friends and family around you. Right? So that's a, that's a great point. That's a huge point. Uh, kind of want to switch gears now, and, and we're going to go back to the business, but for those of you who don't know, Crystal is actually a great singer, and she's promised <laughs> um, to, to sing us a song. <laughs> that is not true. It's a lie. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I, I wanted to talk about leadership. And, and at 29 years old, and, and again, only knowing you for a few weeks, I can already tell you're, you're a great leader. And, and I think you mentioned you have a team of 60 people. Yeah. How the heck does a 29-year-old, you know, with, with 17 businesses manage 60 people across your businesses? Um, well, I guess it, it just comes down to, like, in, it being inspiring before them. You know what I mean? Like, leading by example. Like, if you're always out there, like, leading by example and at the front of the pack, not, like, trying to go you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, like you lead by example, people, people will follow you. Like they will, they will see that and they will be inspired mm-hmm. by that to go, you know what, if Crystal can do it, I can do it. Um, and, and I touch base with them. Like I will take time to go to, to educate them properly, not just go, Hey, you know, this is what it is. Like go out and, and you know, good luck. You know, like I educate them properly. I'm there for them. Like if, if, if they need anything else, so I'm putting in, um, 
that another touch point there where people people can call in. I'm putting videos up so I can like they can come on and always have me there mm-hmm. whenever they need. Um, but yeah, just but the, the main thing um, I run by is leading by example. Like yeah. it's not I'm the I'm the boss. I'm the director. I'm the whatever. Getting it's, into the trenches with the team. Yeah, I'm there with them. You Great. know, like I'm doing what I preach. Like I'm not just saying hey go do this and you'll do this like i'm actually doing that and they're just coming like they're, they're with me they're, they're beside me doing it as well good yeah good so in terms of leadership who are some of the leaders that you look up to leaders that i look up to well my biggest leader i look up to would be tony robbins um he's the leader of the leaders, big man. i think yeah, the big man himself <laughs> the, yeah the big man himself um, I, I listen to his audio every day, like if it's, if it's either a podcast or, or one of the many, 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 many audio tracks I have of his, um, it has to be every day. I just have to hear his voice. It's, it just inspires me to, to or it's just even sometimes when you feel like you can't do something, I still get that way. You know, oh, gosh, I don't even know if I could do that. You listen to Tony and you're like, you know what? That thought doesn't even like, why did I even think that? That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, it, it just, I think it's a conditioning, something I've conditioned myself maybe as well. Like, you know, when you do something like so many times, like as soon as you hear that, it sort of puts you back into that peak state. Mm-hmm. I think it's like his voice puts me into peak state yeah. potentially. Um, uh, yeah, I just, he, he is my biggest, biggest leader. I would not be where I am today if I had not started listening to Tony Robbins. Just just on the Tony Robbins side. So uh, even at my, at my job, my current job right now, they, they call me Shibby Robbins just because I, oh, you really? know, because I, I love Tony Robbins. I'm always preaching about, about, what he does and what he can do for people. And I think you may have been at the same conference, um, the NAC conference a few weeks ago. Yes. Blew my mind, right? You know, everybody, every single speaker that we had was great. But Tony Robbins, something about him, mm. he just comes out and he owns the stage. And he had literally every single person standing up, hugging, kissing, high-fiving each other. People around them that they don't even know. They do not even know. They're coming out of their comfort zone. And, and I think for somebody to do that, takes a lot of heart Absolutely. even more than guts it takes a lot of heart and that's why i respect him a lot he's just changed so many lives so i'm the same he's a leader that i look up to i've read a lot of his books i'm reading um i'm reading unshakable right now oh, i just got that yeah, I yeah that great great book and yeah and in terms of financing which you're you know you're kind of in that industry it's it's changed my mind my mind about investing and you know compound interest and what i've done wrong and what i should have done when i was 19 years old so it's a great book but tony robbins um Guys, if you're listening, get out there. Tony Robbins has some great podcasts. Um, and every single event that you can go to, it is worth every single penny and more. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm headed to Unleash Your Power Within in September. I'll see you there, man. See you there, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going with uh, about 20, 22 or 23 people from my work. Wow. So it's going to be good, and, and I'm, I'm glad we get to experience that together. So what what sort of other email or emails? Wow. I don't know why I, email just popped up. What sort of other leaders do you look up to other than Tony Robbins? Um, other leaders, um, again, like uh, Aaron Sansoni, yep. he's definitely someone I look up to. Out of I only went to that event that you were just talking about to see Tony for no other reason. I went mm-hmm. for the other day, so I'm like, I'll always learn something when I go. Um, and I've been looking for a business coach for some time, and I just haven't found somebody that gels with with me and and my personality or. Not so much a personality, but just wasn't someone that I went, you know, that's, I need to work with that person, you know. Mm-hmm. And this guy walks out on, on the stage, he's in his, his pinstripe suit and everything. and um, <laughs> The glowing the glowing bald head. The glowing bald <laughs> head. And, you know, we just, I don't remember who was on before him, but um, anyway, obviously the crowd was very, there was no energy in the crowd yep. whatsoever. And it's one of those things where everyone's like, hey, how's everyone doing it? And everyone's like, eh. you know, like, <laughs> and um, so Aaron walks out on this stage and, 
he goes, hey, everybody, how is everyone? Everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, look, I don't have to be here, guys. I'm mm-hmm. here for you. Yep. And he, he just, he like smashed these, like this he crowd. called man. everybody <laughs> out. He did. Called everyone out, including me. I was sitting there kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he, he scared it out of me. Yeah, yeah he, he did. He scared it out of me. I just started jumping and waving and, yeah. I had the same experience you did. He did. He calls. Um, he, he 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 put everyone back in their place, man. And he's like, now how is everyone? Everyone was like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it really changed everything. And I, I, as soon as he walked out, he demanded the presence of people, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a leader. Yeah, he's a leader, and that's who I, you know, I immediately I didn't know what he was selling, but I, I wanted in, <laughs> yep. you know, and the same with um, the next stage. Like before I even got to his event, I knew whatever he was selling at his event, like the next level, if I was committed to going to that before I even um, before I even got to the event because I knew that that man had to be in my life and he yep. was going to change my life. He you was going to take me to the next level. I, that is amazing. And just about my experience as well, walked out pinstripe suit and I remember – talking to my boss because I brought my boss and I said who the hell wears pinstripe suits anymore right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's so, it's so 1990 man who is this guy right I, I'm gonna go outside and get a coffee and he started talking and blew my mind just literally blew my mind and and I think uh, and I mentioned it at the conference uh, that we were at a few weeks ago um, he called every single person out and that's what I respect and he kicked me in the ass. Yeah. And that's what I need. That's yeah. what I needed, right? That's why we're, I'm doing this podcast show. And that's why I'm sitting here with you. I mean, like, both of us are here for a reason today, right? And I think it, it has to do with good leadership. Um, so, yeah, you know, same exact experience. And, and it's been amazing. But in terms of leaders, and the reason I asked that question, you know, we have Tony Robbins, we have Aaron Sansoni. Are there any leaders that you look up to that are extremely quiet? Extremely quiet. And, and the reason I ask that is because I have a few that, mm. uh, for example, there was there was a man that I used to work with uh, in Toronto, and he used to say, you know, our phone calls used to be about six minutes, five and a half were me talking, and thirty seconds was him, and that thirty seconds was thirty seconds of gold, and uh, extremely quiet guy, but he's a he's a huge mentor of mine. So yeah, yeah in terms of you know, quieter leader, somebody that you wouldn't expect to have the leadership skills. Do you have anyone like that? Yeah, I have um, one of my business partners, Dave. Um, he He's like that. Like what you say, like you mm-hmm. ring up and you'd be like, ah, oh, like, you know, all excited about something or talking about something. And Dave's that, like he is that, that, um, that quiet leader, you know, yeah. like he, everything's happening in the background sort of thing, you know, and that he's always, again, he's leading by example. Um, which is something another leader where I'm getting that from is also Robin Robin Sharma. He's more of a he's a speaker, but he's also like a, a quiet leader. Correct. Yeah. Totally agree. And um, you know, I his book changed my life actually. The monk who sold his Ferrari. So I was quite not like obnoxious, but like um, very materialistic. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be very very materialistic. I used to be very um, um, you know flashy and all these sorts of things and I read his book and I, it just changed me like I'm very humble now like um like I don't get around like I, I could go buy a Ferrari but I choose to drive what I drive because yeah. I don't need a Ferrari I will buy one one day but mm-hmm. like right now like it's not something I need I want to help people first you yeah. know um and leading by example like I read his book a leader with with that had no title um you know that that book is very inspiring like it's about you know the janitor can be a leader yep. you know it, it doesn't matter who you are like you just need to to own what you do 
and and lead by example like don't just say like be that leader who sort of goes um i'm the boss like i'm gonna sit here and you guys go make me money like it's not that's not what it's about like Um, we said jump into the trenches and yeah be there with with the team yeah absolutely because if if they see you doing it like that's the biggest inspiration for them you know Mm -hmm. like seeing that you're you're there with them doing that you know they 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 love that like it's 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 um it's it's very but Dave Dave he's uh he's one of those quiet leaders like you like you say he speaks for thirty seconds the but phone it's, call lasts for but five it's thirty minutes. seconds yeah. of gold yeah. <laughs> it is right yeah uh yeah, it's great so I have a lot of respect for him good yeah. good I, I wanted to ask you about your childhood and and I guess your upgra- upbringing um born and raised where in Young in the, Young on a cherry farm uh, don't no, even know where that is so Young is the the cherry capital of Australia Ooh, in the middle okay. of nowhere in the country <laughs> there we go and it was a very cliche upbringing on a cherry farm mm-hmm. yeah and you said your dad is still in, in farming uh, no my grandparents so my grandparents, okay. grandparents sort of raised me there so my dad uh, lives down the coast mm-hmm. so my, my parents are divorced okay. uh, young, when I was two um, yes my, gra- my grandparents essentially raised me on, uh, on the farm mm-hmm. which was uh, lots of fun okay okay now, through school, you obviously went to school, and, and where, like, where did you go to university? And did you go to university? Didn't go to university. Okay, that was so, a waste of money and time. Okay, well, <laughs> and obviously you you proved that to be correct because yeah. we look at you now. So after school, what what did you do? Um, so I started breaking in horses and selling horses from when I was like fifteen years old. So essentially, I was uh, interesting. I was doing that. My my, I like to think that um, my entrepreneurial journey started when I was seven. Okay. Um, I started in the guinea pig business. Wow. Yeah. The good old guinea pig good business. Good old guinea pig business. <laughs> Can you tell me what that is? <laughs> so I, I went to, I'm pretty sure I got them from an auction. Um, they used to have this thing called a Joe Bug One auction, which is essentially he's an auctioneer and they had, he'd have this like enormous like garage style. Like, so at the showground, people would just bring all their crap in, you know, like okay. there's people, anything that you had that you want to get rid of, people just bought it. It's like one giant garage style. So they had like a pet section and like just stuff everywhere like it's huge and so i'm pretty sure that's where we got them from my my pop bought me a couple of guinea pigs so i started breeding these things right mm-hmm. and i was like right i could sell this you know i can make some money like some pocket sell money sell that shit yeah, yeah. so i started <laughs> hustling i started breeding them. I, had, I had so many like it was i had cages everywhere like my pop had this huge bird avery um like this huge big long bird avery and they used to run in the bottom of there and and it was just it was just out of control. There was guinea pigs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd sell them to the pet shops, right? I'd hustle them out of them. Yeah. Hustle them out of their money. And I'd upsell the ones like these ones that had like long hair. So yeah. I was like, these ones are special. So you know it's an extra three dollars for these. <laughs> yeah. So uh, was, What was the bargain? Like buy two guinea pigs, get the third one for free. Like what was the what was the pitch? Give me the give me the guinea pig pitch. The guinea pig pitch. Oh no, they they were paying full price, man. Like I was pretty, oh, I was a bit that. of a um, a bit of a stooge. Like if they came to buy three, like uh, you know, you, you're paying me my full six bucks each, or whatever it was that I was selling these things for. <laughs> <laughs> there was no like get one free. It was like, oh, this one's like, yeah, you know, I'd sell them on almost like this the colors. A bit yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the long haired ones. There was ones that had um, like the hair was like would go all different ways. Like these little like weird like hair just grew like all random ways instead of just straight and again like i'd subsell those because they were unique right because yep. like there's a market in these unique ones so i'm subreading those and um yeah and then uh sort of moved out of that after a little while and i got into chickens so i went to school and uh they were selling chickens at, at the school 
And I, I, my pop would give me like lunch money and stuff, and like you know, if you remember the brown paper bags, yeah, like yeah. so, <laughs> and, uh, I screwed school. that up. Yeah, so yeah. I'd screw those up and put them in the bin and just eat my friends' lunch, like with them. Obviously, I wouldn't take yeah. their whole lunch yeah. or anything, but um, I would share their lunch. Yeah, and I would, that would I, just be mean. Yeah, so I just saved all this money and I went and bought. They were a dollar each, and I got twelve. And I bought them home, and I made this like chicken castle out of like this box castle for my chickens, right? And I yeah. had like the light in there, and I bred them up and ended up having uh, it was like 11 it was perfect it was 11 females and I had a rooster he used to chase me around he was terrible he was oh, like, wow. scary man nightmares yeah it was nightmares it's <laughs> killer chicken um, but anyway the, these chickens uh, started laying eggs and my pop obviously had chickens on the farm he had mm-hmm. a big massive incubator could hold a couple hundred of eggs uh, at each time and uh, so I was like pumping my eggs in there you know like getting them in there and I started having chickens. I had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these little like baby chickens and I had big crates and I would like raise them and wow. uh, my pop at one stage was like, all right, we've got to get rid of some of these chickens because yeah, yeah. they were just everywhere. Get rid uh, of the chickens. Yeah, and then they're like laying in our hay sheds and like going missing and then coming back with like another dozen chickens. Like mm. it was just it was just out of control. So um they ended up making like I think it was like a couple of grand, like three three thousand dollars or something. How old? Like seven to ten or uh, so this would have been yeah, at that stage I probably moved, I was probably like maybe eleven or 12 or something like just about to go into high school so you're making a couple g's like selling chickens yeah selling chickens oh my gosh <laughs> and when i wanted extra money i would hustle my nan like so they would um you know they, they'd uh want me to do chores and so i was pretty lucky like they'd pretty much let me get away with anything mm-hmm. and um so whenever i wanted extra extra pocket money i would i would say all right so it's five dollars to iron a shirt you know it's ten dollars to like to mow the lawn like i <laughs> had a ride on mower so it was a pretty crazy job right yeah um yeah so they they take me up on these offers you know just because really? yeah it's because they're trying to inspire me to to they just wanted to give me the money anyway but it's good to mm-hmm. yeah you're to gonna work, work for yeah, it yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah you know what I, so my next question is so you started this when you were seven years old kind of an entrepreneurial mind mm. do you think you're born with that like are you are you born with this? What's your what's your thoughts on it? Um, I think I think entrepreneurship can be they can be taught, you know. But mm-hmm. I think there is that there is something that some people are born with where it just like I, there was no way I would be able to have a job. Like even like a, my first job that I got, I was like, people actually do this. Like they exchange their time for money. Like this is <laughs> I was like twenty two or something, twenty one or something, and yeah. I was like, this is this is rubbish. Like yeah. <laughs> so that's actually when I got into property development because I was like, I'm not doing that, man. That's not for me. Going to be my own boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always done that. I've always made like large sums of money from like quite a young age. So yeah. I never really knew like that whole job kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, exchanging time for money to me, even at, at like young age, didn't, didn't make sense to me. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's sort of something maybe you're born with or I've always been quite like a, thinking outside the box like I, I had someone that goes I, I was good at breaking in horses right so then people started saying oh could you break in mine mm-hmm. and I was like sure you know and then I was like oh, I need to charge them for this because I'm not going to like do yeah, theirs in the mine it's so, a service you need to charge yeah, for yeah so you know 500 bucks a week I'll happily do it for you so then you get a couple at a time and all of a sudden you know you're making some serious coin and it, you know you don't have to really do a lot as per se like you, you know, you're spending maybe an hour with that horse a day mm-hmm. um you know training it and breaking it and then you put it out and then maybe bring it back in the afternoon and you know rug it and brush it and just make it calm like i just i was really good with kids ponies so i would really be good at um like conditioning kids ponies like so i could stand up on their back with an umbrella and open it up and close it so it absolutely terrify the life out of anything but my, <laughs> they were just standing you know so and that's not out of fear that's out of trust yeah you know so they they trust that, that that's not going to hurt them sort of thing so um that was my specialty like they would i would have people all over calling me like we got another kids pony like we want something for our children 
all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I just started charging people because they're like, oh, could you could you break my pony? And I was like, yeah, sure. And all of a sudden, it just sort of went viral. And they're like, oh, if you want a quiet pony, go to Crystal. Wow. Yeah. It's all different. <laughs> it's a different like business idea. You went from guinea pigs to chickens to to ponies. To the ponies. To... Yeah, you needed to get a beer like profit yeah, margin, yeah. right? And I was like, how can I put like how can I take this further? <laughs> That's crazy. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Um. And in the conferences that we've been to, we've we've touched on fear quite a bit. Yes. So, what were some of your fears growing up? Growing up, um. And I guess second part of my question: What were some of your fears growing up, and what sort of fears do you have now, and how are you breaking through? Um. Okay. So, growing up, I think one of my biggest fears. This is going to sound terrible, but like ending up like my mother. Okay. <laughs> um. Without making that sound really horrible, but I just did not want to be like her. Like that would that mm-hmm. would drive me. Um. And. I guess, like, y- you know, like breaking through that was like every time I'd kind of look at where she, like, she still lives with my grandparents, sort of thing. Like, it was just something I just wanted a bigger, better life, you know? Like, I didn't want to go, is this, this, is this it, you know, for life? Like, I'm just going to be in this country town, um, you know, everybody knows your business. Um, very small, you, you, small very town, small, small population. Mind, yeah, yep. small minded as well. No offense to small town people, but like, um, I, I just knew that I was, I needed something bigger in my life. You wanted um, to get out. Yeah, and that was a big fear of mine, I suppose, as well. Like, that actually pushed me to sell the, like, get rid of the horses and, and completely move, sit like towns and just jump into something. Like, I moved out and started working at a horse stud, um, which is where I was, like, exchanging my time for money and I'm putting in, like, 12 to 14-hour days or whatever it may have been. And, and I was like, this is all I make for that, like, that huge amount of time? Yeah. Like, this is terrible. I did it for passion, though, because I really wanted to, to do it. Um, yeah, I, lo- I, loved the, I loved the work. Um yeah, but that was a fear of mine. I guess fears were like, you know, again, like the I'm not good enough to do that or um, those sorts of things. I hope I could never do that. Like all those same sort of fears that everybody would have, I definitely had those. And mm. just breaking through was, um, you know, again, like, well, is this – is what I'm doing, is that going to, like, lead me to a better life or is what I'm doing going to put me in a position like what my mother is in, you know, making, you know, 35, 40 grand a year or whatever, whatever she sort of makes. She works at Big W um and and having absolutely like having to work for the rest of her life because she's not going to have a retirement fund she's not going to have any mm-hmm. way to survive like that's something that terrified me like yeah. i think that's another reason why i really am passionate about creating freedom for people you know mm-hmm. like i just don't want that for anybody yeah. um and and fears today um Fears today, I look at some of the things I want to do and, and, and they intimidate the shit out of me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, could I seriously do that? But that's, like, that's probably a good thing. That's a good thing, to, right? To drive. If, exactly, because if your goals don't scare you, they're definitely not big enough. You need to go back to the drawing board, man. Like, if they yeah. don't, sit, if you don't sit there and shit yourself and go, oh, my God, like, that's <laughs> massive, like, think again. Yeah. Go back, think think again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I actually <laughs> always tell myself, set goals that you think you can't achieve. Absolutely. And sooner or later, you're going to achieve it and, and keep setting goals because... You know, once you achieve them, you don't want to look back and say, oh, okay, what's next? You want to keep climbing and climbing and climbing, right? So keep setting your goals and go on to the go on to the next step. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the same fears that everybody deals with. I just say to myself, like, is this getting me closer to where I want to be or am I going to be stuck in this this rub? Well, I'm not in a rut now, but, like, even the ones that, like, get me, that let me be full, like, I just break through. Like, I'm like, well, I'll, if I want to have an extraordinary life and if I want to help other people have an extraordinary life, like, I've got to you know, face everything and rise or forget everything and, and run, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So um, I'm going to face everything and I'm going to rise and I say that to myself every time. And um, if I need some inspiration, I'll put on like, I've got this, inst- uh, it's called um, Unbroken. It's like a, med- it's a yep. motivational video. 
I just watch that every day. And yeah. I tell you what, like if you go out and watch that, guys, because it, it'll get you excited, it'll get you pumped. Like it'll, it'll um, give you some inspiration. <laughs> You'll definitely be breaking through your fears. <laughs> I, have, I have a clip that I watch from uh, from Rocky, obviously, for all, yeah. the, all the guys out there that are that are fighters. Uh, and, and I literally put that clip on every single time, and I'm like, fuck it, yeah, let's get That's out it. there and, and kick it. some ass. Let's go yeah, do it, you know, fuck it. Fuck it. It's a, it's Fuck a, it. a thing. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst that can happen? That's another thing I ask myself. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm fearful or something, what's mm-hmm. the worst that can happen? I die. I die. But nothing's going to kill me. Like, coming on a podcast, it's not going to kill me. Yeah. You know? So, you just get over it. Yeah. Just get over it and just fuck it. Do it. Yeah. What's Agreed. the worst that can happen? You Quite. make some money. You help someone. Good. Good. So, another quick question for you. Now, you talked a lot about um, some some of your passions and and the fact that you like to help people. What what is it that brings a smile to Crystal's face? Um, a smile to my face. So other than sitting here with me, mm-hmm. obviously <laughs> yeah. that's a big one. Uh, that's a big one, right? <laughs> what uh, what what brings a smile to your face and what what, what genuinely makes you happy? Um, well, I had a recent experience. I'll share this with you. I should do this over breakfast. But um, one of my friends, her her father, um, you know. Was was at a, a time in his life where he's probably a bit stuck. You know what I mean. Um, and this genuinely, genuinely makes um, makes me seriously happy. Like he, she, she brought him over to her home, and I met up with him, and we, I found a way that we could um, work together and help each other. And he left like so happy, and but you can actually see he's changed throughout the day. Like from when I got there mm-hmm. to when he left, like he was. Um, he, he, was was he was pumped, man. He was high-fiving everyone and he was learning and expanding his mind and moving into, like, uh, new opportunities. And you could just see, like, his passion coming back for mm-hmm. what he loved because what I do is something he's passionate about, right? He just yep. needed that maybe that conduit to, to get back there. And uh, he called me the next day. Actually, I haven't told told them about this, but he called me the next day. And, my goodness, he, he's you could just tell from his voice, like, how – grateful he was like he was he'd already started writing his ebook that i uh suggested he did overnight wow. like, mind you this is an older gentleman he started writing an ebook to build like funnels and and all these things there's nothing about it. he doesn't even have facebook yet yeah and he's like he's in he's Good in for him. like Look full, at that. full out yeah. and um, that that brings a smile to my face mm-hmm. that makes me happy and he he was just so grateful that i'd even just taken the time to spend with him like I, I was I was grateful for him. Like he, I found him inspiring. You know, like his story is, is amazing, and he's done some incredible things. And he has a br- brilliant create creative mind. You know, like some of the things he's he's putting together with um this project he's doing. Like it's I never would have thought of half of those things. And he's he's just it's just so creative, and he just needs just needed that that little thing. You know, like I, little, I didn't do push. anything. Yeah, kicking the ass. Yeah, kicking the ass. You know. Yeah. Um, but it, all it was was I, I just showed him, I gave him hope that it was possible. And I'm like, I'm going to take you there. I'm going to show you. I'm going to, like, we're going to do it together. It's like, so he's got someone there with him. I'm on your team. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Like, we're going to, I'm going to show you how to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it together. Mm-hmm. And and it just, all of a sudden, everything that he thought he could ever achieve in his life, it sort of all came back to him. And, yeah. and my goodness, like, I, was, I just made me, it just made me so happy. And that phone yeah. call the next day, like, I got off, I had tears in my eyes because I was really? like, my goodness, like I've just moved this man into action. I've moved him into passion. I've moved him into obligation. Um, all of these things have just come back to him, just like just like that, you know. And 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 the way that he talks about his 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 daughter and son in law and his grandkids, like that, you know. And you can you can see how like, that's why he's doing everything. 
and he, and he wants to be there for them and, and help them as well. So that's that's what makes me happy. It's no, not, not too that's really but that's genuine that's happiness. Really, really good. And I'll tell you one thing. I think that's the first of many people that you're going to be helping. Yeah. Because you're a very strong person, <laughs> very you. strong lady, and I can see you know this is this is something that you do every single day, and maybe people don't even tell you. But you, you're helping people every single day. I, I could, I could tell that. So <laughs> no <right>. worries. <laughs> Listen, I feel like we need a part two because I didn't even dig into a whole bunch of the questions that I wanted to. But I have a couple quick ones that I, I wanted to ask before I let you go. So the first one is, um, well, you mentioned that you're reading, you like to read and you've yes. read some books. What sort of books have you, uh, you know, what are your top three books? Top three books would be The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, mm-hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um and uh, that's, that's a tough question, man. It is. Rich Dad Poor Dad because I think that that, that took my financial um, vision of what I thought the world was about and changed it, mm-hmm. which is it's really bore me to where I am today. Um, goodness me, there's so many. Um, it would probably be like. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this: If you because you mentioned you wrote two books already, yeah. If you were to write a third book. Tomorrow, what would you name it? What would I name it? Goodness, um, oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, what I like to do is I like to write out like fifty names, yeah, and, yeah. and then I get into the flow. I don't know. I, don't I know did, what I would I did name the it. same with my book. Yeah, um, it would be something. It's going to be something around belief and mindset. So I, I'm a genuine believer that you can be. As long as you believe you can do something, it's going to happen. Um, it doesn't matter if you got tons of money or no money. If you believe it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And the universe will find a way for that to happen. You, you just put it out there. And yep. like I said to you, like I, you just put your intention into the universe and it will manifest it for you. Yep. But you got, obviously, you've got to keep taking the steps and things. But if you have that belief, that you just maintain that belief and certainty and clarity that's going to happen, then it's it will happen. So it will be something around – the book's going to be around that. Like I do have a third book that I'm going to be writing, which is going to be about that, what the title's going to be. I'm not sure. <laughs> Second question, and this one may be kind of a long answer, but 29 years old, 17 businesses, probably 27 by next week. <laughs> you know, obviously, all the feedback that you get isn't positive mm-hmm. from people, and and I, you know, I can see that in my line of work as well. How do you deal with how do you deal with the haters? Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Good. And and I don't take it personally like you know if someone has something bad to say about me like that's 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 on them like um it's probably something that's coming from uh, themselves like it's maybe a self-reflection about them like I don't sit there and take that personally I know who I am as a person and I have belief and and like certainty about who I am and I know Mm -hmm. that everything that I do is is coming from my heart so if if they take that in a bad light like um that's okay they're they're definitely entitled to their own opinion and they're entitled to do that and um I just hope that one day like maybe you know, putting putting that that feedback out there, um, it can come back in some way and maybe help them. Or it's what I kind of hope that like they're having that negative feedback because it's challenging maybe some of their beliefs, like some of their core beliefs or something. So, but what what it's done is it's actually planted a seed. So that seed will eventually grow, yeah. and and one day, um, like they may may be hating on me now about something, but one day they are going to flourish because of that message. Um, it just may not be immediately. It yeah. may be, you know. A time thing for them. I love that answer. <laughs> high five, <laughs> guys! That was a that was a big high five from us. Uh, last question: If you had, or you know, w- well, what is the one item that you possess that you maybe carry around with you all the time or hold dearest to you? Um, 
I don't know that hold dearest to me. Well, ever since I read the Monkey Slotty Ferrari, I have no attachment to anything. But um, it wouldn't. It would probably be something I carry around with me all the time. I feel like I've seen you with that beanie a couple times. Yeah, this Might beanie. Be, uh, that beanie. This beanie has something to do with the fact that I don't like brushing my hair, more <laughs> likely, because it's a time-consuming yeah. experience. But um, <laughs> um, I don't really know. Like, I don't even. I don't even wear jewelry. I don't wear like, anything like that. Um. It wouldn't really be a thing. Like maybe my most prized possession, or not only my possession, but the being would be my my cat. I love like I love my little cat. Mm-hmm. He's he's just awesome. What, um, what's his like, name? Uh, Leonardo. Leonardo. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Fancy. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the Renaissance artist. Um, I, th- I was going to say DiCaprio, but <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Titanic fan. We got a Titanic fan over here. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I don't. I don't really have a prize position. Like I could like lose everything tomorrow, and and it wouldn't. Obviously, like that, like it wouldn't be ideal. Like I have to go get everything again. But like uh, I don't really have so much attachments to things at all. Um, but it, it, that, that answer my, right there also shows me that you have the confidence of knowing that you can get back what you lose. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's huge. You, you could take everything from me. I know my, my brain is the, the one thing you can't take from me, and it's the one thing that's got me to where I am is my mind and my heart. So you, those are things you can't take from me, and they're, they're probably my prized, prized um, things. But also pro- uh, coming down to it would be my bookshelf and all of my books within there. Like that, that's that's where I spend all my time. Like you were seeing that nearly all of the, the videos I do are sitting in front of my bookshelf because that's just where I am yeah. all the time. I just yeah. love that space. Um, that's, that's in my whole house. Like that would be my my prized kind of like things would be my my books good or my my materials or my educational materials that i've picked up from seminars and and people i keep all that stuff um so, so yeah th- those those things would be my, my prized prized things yeah awesome well crystal thank you so much for coming on the shift show oh, honestly thank you i'm very, it, very uh, humbled to be here <laughs> it has been amazing and uh if anybody wants more information about you where can they find you um, they can find me um, via my, my website or you can email me at uh, crystal at beyondhomes.com.au. Okay. And are you on Facebook or Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Twitter. Yeah, Crystal Benson. You can come. I'm, I'm not, I don't really look on Twitter. I'm a bit of a uh, one, one account's enough for me to manage. Yeah. <laughs> to keep, keep it like small, like tight with my time. But uh, I'm on Facebook. You can come um, see my page, Crystal Benson. Nice okay. and easy. Awesome. Well, Crystal, again, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. You know, this is kind of a new thing that I'm doing. So thank you so much for the support. Pleasure. Uh, everybody, Crystal Benson, the next billionaire before 30. Please reach <laughs> out to her. She is awesome. Thank you very much, Crystal. See you guys. Thanks, Jim. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you missed anything, do not worry. Log on to shivrad.com. That's S-H-I-V-R-A-D.com to listen to this podcast again. Check out the other episodes and, of course, check out the blog. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.